With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever you are in the world. So today, again, we have a really amazing uh, uh, project to talk about today. In fact, it's more than a project. It's a massive company that's building, you know, ecosystems all around the metaverse and, and beyond. And, you know, where we're at kind of today is, is you know, we're, we're in early 2022. I will say metaverse is one of those huge buzzwords, and we can all still be upset with uh, Zuckerberg for stealing the world, word meta. Um, so, you know, until, until another name comes around, we're, we're going to stick with metaverse. Uh, but, but I think really it's, it's, a very misunderstood space. Um, there's a, there's a lot that needs to happen before metaverse is a real thing. Um, and there's a lot of, of technology that still has to be implemented before I would say there's, there's mass adoption. And this is all from my perspective. Um, but the great thing is that we have Lauren, uh, from metaverse group here today. And, and Lauren, now you can tell me all the reasons why I'm wrong, but let's kind of start off with, with, with a little bit of backstory of, you know, how did you even get, you know, to the point of, of, you know, wanting to invest all your time in a virtual world. Thank, thanks, Jay, and thanks for for taking time to to chat today, and and uh, appreciate uh, the the Wild Wales community and uh, in, in the chance to chat in front of them about uh, about this uh, exciting and interesting stuff. Uh, as as far as me and in my background, you know, I I've started as a banker. Uh, which feels like a hundred years ago, but it wasn't quite a hundred years ago. I'm not quite that old, uh, but uh, you know, back in in the mid '90s, uh, and I, I had always been a, a tech lover, and and uh, at previous to that, actually even worked in consulting uh, around tech and other things related to that. But where I really got interested was in those mid '90s, and I was I was a tech banker at a firm that's now owned by Stiefel, which some of you may uh, may have heard of, which is which is obviously a big mid market firm and quite a presence in, in tech through T. Weisel and others. Um, and so I started there. Uh, I was involved with many internet, you know, dot-com projects, took many public, M&A, all that type of good stuff. But what it really taught me or what it really interested me in was, you know, the fact that when, where we sit here today and, and you want to call it metaverse, Web 3.0, however we want to define these. And obviously there's different definitions for both those elements, but as they relate and overlap, you know, it really reminds me that we're back here in in where I was in Web 1.0. And I had a chance to see all the mistakes and all the great things that many people did. I had a chance to see what we're kind of going through with, with you know, call it tech downturn, the crypto winter, however you want to refer to it that we're potentially in now or probably in now, unfortunately. Uh, and, and I think that gives me a unique perspective to build this business today that from the learnings that I had back then. Um, so I spent, you know, 15 years in investment banking, a number of years running the tech investment banking group, working with early stage businesses for the most part, um, working with companies that, you know, I had a chance to grow up with and they grew up with me uh, and, you know, growing to very significant size businesses. Uh, and then I realized that someday after, you know, 15 years of doing it, one, it wasn't that much fun anymore. No disrespect to any of the bankers on the line. And two was I actually wanted to be an entrepreneur. 
um, which was was scary at first. Uh, and I left to uh, run a health uh, health tech uh, enabled business. Um, spent nine years running that business uh, and learned a ton. Made a lot of mistakes, uh, but but uh, I think I'm smarter and wiser. Certainly have uh, have the lashes on my back, or whatever you want to refer to it uh, from it. Um, and as I always refer, entrepreneurialism was one of my favorite lines. I got it very early on when it, when I was running this company. Was someone said to me, "Hey, I'm an entrepreneur. I totally get what you're doing. It's my fourth or fifth startup, and and uh, it's champagne bottles and razor blades. I'm not sure if it's appropriate to refer to razor blades in this day and age, but that's really what it feels like: the ups and downs and great moments and that. So we spent nine years. Uh, we had ups and downs in that business too. Ultimately sold last summer to a public company. Um, so really, really happy about that. Uh, and then um, I got a call from from a good buddy of mine, a guy named by uh, Andrew Kegel, who was the founder and CEO of, of HUD8 Mining, uh, or one of the four founders and first CEO of HUD8 Mining, which is, for some of you who don't know, a NASDAQ-listed uh, Bitcoin mining company, probably the first publicly listed uh, he had left and started another company called Tokens.com, which is effectively a hold co for Web 3.0 businesses. And he said, hey, Lauren, wh- what are you doing? Uh, and he knows my love for growing businesses and, and getting involved with early stage businesses and either investing myself or or helping to raise capital around it and, and helping them to grow and sitting on boards. And he's like, just just sit on the board. Uh, you know, just just have some fun and take up a third of your time uh, and we can raise some capital together and we get a chance to work together because we had worked together for 15 years at uh, Stiefel. And uh, I said, um, I said, sure. Next thing you know that uh, I joined in October as a full-time CEO and that, that third of my time became 24 seven is the way I put it. 150% of my time. Uh, And the rest rest became history. And so I've, I've been the CEO of the business for the past uh, almost 12 months. Now we're getting close. Uh, and it's been it's been an amazing ride. Certainly, uh, I didn't expect uh, Facebook slash Meta to make the announcement they did uh, last year. And uh, certainly that changed my life, uh, made this much more rapid, but uh, in some ways positive, some ways negative. And so uh, that's kind of how I'm here and, and, uh, and a little bit of my background. I love that. And, and so before we jump into, you know, kind of uh, metaverse group and everything you're doing today, it's a really, you know, diverse, you know, uh, kind of amount of work that you've done. Um, and I, I, I believe that, you know, irregardless, there's no such thing as a metaverse expert because, you know, the entire, the entire concept, I mean, at most we could go back. I was looking today, uh, you know, doing some research and, and NASA actually had a, a VR goggle set from 1985, uh, that they had been playing around with. So, I mean, there's always been this concept of like a virtual world type thing. Uh, and I remember even in the, the probably mid to late nineties going to the mall and putting on those giant headsets. That's, you know, and looking at the Tron like things and being like, oh my God, that's crazy. But, but it's, I mean, still not here, you know, it's still coming. And so, you know, now we're at the point where, you know, as, as you having done investment banking and everything you, you can, you know, that timing is everything. Like you can have all the money in the world. Um, and we saw Second Life, you know, companies pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into Second Life and, you know, it, it's just not here today. What was kind of, you know, as you were looking at even accepting this job, what were some of the key metrics that you said, like, this is close, this is closer than it's ever been? So, you know, that that's a great question. Uh, I would suggest, you know, some of the hardware pieces 
certainly aren't here today. They're coming, right? We we read about what uh, certainly Meta's doing on the hardware side. I think there was a video of, there you go, I have those too, um, <laughs> about uh, Zuckerberg and, and the next generation of, of the Oculus. Uh, and certainly, I'm sure Apple's up to something on the hardware side to replace our phones with some cool AR glasses. So we all know that's coming. Like there's just so much money and with the chips, NVIDIA, et cetera, going into it. But really, where it really resonated with me is if I, if I look back, you know, to last October, I sat down with my kids and, and my wife around the, the dinner table and I said, have you ever heard of this thing called the metaverse? And they're like, huh, what's the metaverse? My daughter said to me, I love NFTs though. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, the metaverse is based on NFTs. Virtual land is really just an NFT. So it's, it's, it's a concept that you should be familiar with. Uh, and then we, then we did a little uh, took a little step further. We all got got together and watched Ready Player One, which uh, my wife found too animated and too young for her. But the rest of the family eyes were glued, and and we couldn't get our you know eyes off the TV set. And my son thought that was so cool. And then I said to him, Aiden, hey, who's he's uh, just turned thirteen? Do you uh, do you think that uh, you're in you live in the metaverse? He's like, what are you talking about, Dad? You know, you're his time at the his word at the time, which he now denies he ever used was bunk. You're bunk. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> and so I said, OK, show me your Grand Theft Auto. And so all due respect to my poor parenting skills and letting him play Grand Theft Auto. We got on Grand Theft Auto together. And there he is with his, you know, his iPad beside him and his 20 buddies heads popping up on, on FaceTime or whatever they're using. And he's screaming at them. They're screaming at each other. He's talking into his PlayStation 5 controller and he's got the game in front of him. And I'm like, aren't you in a metaverse, Aiden? He's like, well, what's a metaverse? I'm like, well, it's not Web 3.0 metaverse. It's not, it's not, it's a centralized metaverse, but that truly is a metaverse. And when you saw, when I saw how they interact and how he interacted with his friends, and I looked at my daughter and how she interacts with her friends, similar type things. She's a shopper, 15 year old daughter, you know, and she'll go on and do all these different e-commerce experiences and all these different things. And she's talking to her friends, again, a similar type thing you know, using FaceTime or her phone or whatever to, to have conversations. And and to me, I saw an opportunity to create much more immersive and special experiences that make us deeper and force us, or not force us, allow us to get deeper and spend more time in these unique experiences. I'm still a big fan of the outdoors. And so I don't, you know, don't want to say anything. And my, you know, my kids get outdoors and we make sure they get outdoors. But my point is, it's just an evolution. And I could see the evolution of the time we spent on the internet or in games into a metaverse. And it just makes it much more fun when you can interact with your friends and get much deeper in your experiences. No, I, I, I love those analogies. And, and as long as we're talking movies, <clears throat> um, Ready Player One, I think it, it really sets kind of the modern stage for, for a lot of concepts um, that, that should w- make their way into the metaverse, the ability to, to purchase things in a, in a virtual world that, that show up in, in the physical world. Um, you know, the idea that you, you know, have, you know, a lot of the rest is, is relatively standards, friends around the world, decentralized structures and, and lots of things. There, but there was clearly some issues <laughs> Um, with, with, with the metaverse, which was wholly owned, uh, by a sole party that, you know, is it, that if any other person got control of it, it, it's, it was destruction and death of the entire thing that, that, you know, hundreds of millions or billions of people around the world loved. And I think that that was, you know, really that, that centralized architecture that, that probably for the, for all of those of us, we go, Oh my God, this is terrible. And for Zuckerberg, he's like, that's a business plan. Let's do that. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I would also like to just throw out the movie that I, I, 
really, you know, believe is, is probably slightly closer to the, the next generation, which is Free Guy. Um, I've, I've watched that one a half a dozen times and I think that they're, the way they kind of manage the, the internal, you know, VR, AR like concepts are really strong and, and straightforward on that one. That's unfortunate. That's one I haven't seen. I'd actually, I'm going to, that's my next, uh, Weekend, whatever you know, movie that I'll, I'll definitely yeah. have to watch. So appreciate that. You know, the I, I don't disagree with your statement, and I'd even throw in another concept: is that you know, Ready Player One, and, and, and I don't know about Free Guy, but it's in a dystopian state, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think we need to be in a dystopian state to have the metaverse. I think there's so many good elements that can come out of the metaverse. Uh, we don't need to be driven because the outside world is so horrific to just having this virtual world where everything is wonderful or where we think that everything is wonderful. I think there's so many other things and, you know, great example. Again, I, I love my analogies, but I have, a, I have a good friend that I grew up with that uh, doesn't live in this country anymore. Um, and we don't really get a chance to see it very often for a variety of different reasons. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we used to love going to Springsteen concerts together. It would be pretty awesome and you know, my hope is that the metaverse group will will do this at some point in the near future. In fact, maybe sooner than we think, where we'll get a chance to uh, to you know do Bruce, a Bruce Springsteen like concert uh, in the metaverse, where where you know I can stand there beside my buddy, have a chat, and watch it, even though I'm sitting here in Toronto, Canada, and he's sitting wherever he's sitting around the world. And I think those types of things, where it's not just you know it's not just existing friendships, but new friendships and so many different things that allows us to do. And again, it, it I don't think it requires as a dystopian world either at that point in time. I, I agree. And, you know, to talk about the tech a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm very privileged that I, I have, you know, so many resources. Uh, you know, uh, the Oculus is, is, again, for anyone that just is curious, like, you just go buy an Oculus. It's Facebook, I get it. Just go get the Oculus too. You're going to really get a much better understanding of it. Um, but, you know, uh, we have the the head of research and development for HTC is, is, in, is in Y Wales, and so we get um, early access to some of their stuff there. And I, I will say, it's coming a lot sooner than, than most people think. Like there is billions and billions of dollars in research and technology. And I, I will say that that the you know global quarantine and the global pandemic <clears throat> was was kind of a double edged sword for the metaverse. Number one, it, it really I think accelerated the the um, the need for ways to connect that are beyond physical. And I think that there's you know there's a certain level that that can be done outside of physical that again, um, you know, travel is, is going to be restricted a number of ways over the years and whatnot. Um, but so it clearly accelerated the need for the metaverse, hence why you, you're you doing what you're doing and, and uh, you know, changed careers. Uh, but also kind of uh, hindered because we've got global supply challenges on being able to to get chips and, and other things that, that are needed when, um, you know, every computer manufacturer is behind and everything else. So I think there's, there's a lot there and I don't want to dive too deep into that, but it's clearly were, you know, to go way back to my earlier question, why now? Um, and you, you answered it three times over. It's, it's, we're at that tipping point. You know, the, there's, there's the, the knowledge, there's the investment, the technology is, is pretty much here. Um, now it's, what's just, what are those killer use cases? What's that? What are those viral moments that can adopt, you know, not, hundreds, not thousands, but tens of millions to hundreds of millions of people into, into these virtual worlds. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think you've, 
you know, summarized exceptionally well. I mean, I, I would I would add today that we don't need, you know, necessarily to have these immersive experiences and these 3D experiences. We don't necessarily need AR and VR. I think it will obviously make them much more uh, enjoyable and much more stickier when we get there. Uh, I mean, it'd be very cool if if today we could, you, you and I could be sitting on a couch using our AR glasses and, and you know, as, as if we're in the same room, that would be, that would be awesome. Uh, unfortunately, we're not there yet, but, but I agree with you. You know, my, my view is Apple's got to be pouring billions of dollars, even though they don't love to tell us exactly what they're doing into this. And certainly we all know that VR glasses are getting billions of dollars poured into it. So, so it's coming. Uh, and, and I think that the next big issue to your point is, is adaption, right? And, you know, Frankly, we sit in a great seat as the Metaverse Group where we get to speak to so many different companies and brands and different types of people that are so immersed in it. Uh, and there's certainly a huge desire from very large corporations across the world that are very interested in it uh, and, and you know, want to delve into it, even though we are at a nascent early stage in, in building this out and in getting people adopted and involved. And you're right, we need to find our killer applications. I mean, I think they're kind of in front of us uh, and we kind of know what they are. We just we just need some more tech uh, and need uh, you know, further adoption of, of the metaverse. No, absolutely true. There's so much here. But let's go ahead, and I think we've given enough background at this point that now I'm even curious because, again, I I like to start these things with with a good bit of knowledge, but also uh, curiosity and exploration. So what is the Metaverse Group? What what's kind of your core theses, and and what have you guys been working on really for you know almost a year now as you're as you're building up and and getting ready to go uh, scale? Yeah, look, so, uh, you know, we're first and foremost, you know, a, a virtual land holder. So today we own land in 10 plus metaverses. Uh, so we have Decentraland is our largest land holding. Um, you know, part of our, our thesis there is uh, it's it's the oldest uh, metaverse, uh, you know, back goes back to 2017. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously has the largest adoption or or continuous adoption today uh our second largest our second largest line holding is sandbox uh we think great corporate activations great team behind that lots of very good uh elements around that obviously it's still in in alpha or beta get confused what they're calling it uh at the moment so it's it's not fully up and live which makes our business model a little harder to to solidify inside the sandbox but but uh is uh, is it is you know certainly a core position of ours? Uh, we're Insomnium Group. That's uh, that's really truly firstly a, a VR based metaverse. Really good graphics. Very passionate. Uh, you know, Artur is a very passionate CEO of that business model uh, of that business, and and we think highly of it. Uh, we're in uh, Crypto Voxels, uh, which we think is a very you know how do I put it? It's an e- it's it's the easiest building block one. So we think we like that. It allows people to get up and running quickly. Uh, we're in Orbit, which is you know what I would call the furthest out there. It's decentralized worlds, and but it's cool and it's interesting. So we we dipped our toes in it. Uh, NFT worlds, which is built on on Minecraft, uh, and so we kind of like that thesis because there's a, a huge underlying, um, you know, obviously. Uh, user base and knowledge base of Minecraft, but it's now they're building it on a, you know a blockchain, which is really pretty cool using the Minecraft software. Uh, we um, we're in Superworld, uh, which is a mirror world of the real world. Um, Loverish uh, and his team and his energy exceptional. The guy travels around the world like 
no one else uh, and think uh, there's some cool stuff to happen there, obviously early days. And then we have uh, four or five other, you know, what I would call next generation metaverse uh, 2.0 type worlds that are more on Unreal Engine 5 and, and more photorealistic. Uh, and we recently struck a partnership with uh, something called Horizon Labs to, uh, to get uh, access to, um, to, uh, Jeez, I've drawn blank of the, the Yuga Lab metaverse, and I've drawn a blank of the name of the Yugos Labs metaverse. Yep. That on me, but uh, but there, there's uh, a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Yeah. So you know we're we're staking our position in these different metaverses. We think it's important for us to have our land holdings because it allows us to get close to the different metaverses, to be able to work with them uh, and uh, understand what their needs are, and and ultimately to really bring in our business model, which our business model ultimately is to you know bring brands, corporations into the metaverse. And so, you know, we go about that by, you know, working with our team. So we have a, we have a team that is effectively a consulting team that consults to these different corporations, these different brands. What metaverse do you want to be in? What makes sense for your business strategy? How do I get in? All those types of things. We work with them. We have a software design team that, that can build out the virtual uh, buildings, virtual experiences, gamifying experience. NFTs, all those types of things. So we'll work with that corporation and and really create a roadmap and help them execute on their roadmap of what is their metaverse slash NFT strategy. Uh, and so we get we get those projects into place uh, and and build it out. And and that's kind of the first step of our our business model that, or the core of our business model is that service based business model. Uh, layered on top of obviously doing this all on our own land. And then the second piece of, of, of our business model, which is, which uh, is where I think the significant upside potentially comes into play is we're also partnering with brands where we have a revenue share, you know, 50, 50 revenue shares, 60, 40s, those types of things. And effectively we're kind of controlling over significant periods of time, three, five, seven year periods, their metaverse strategy. And so they kind of hand over the keys to the front door to us and say, Hey, here you go. Metaverse group go, you know, based on your expertise, based on your knowledge of the space, go, go and build out what you think is the best strategy for us. You spend the money to build it out, which we do. Uh, and in return for you, you know, carrying our strategy, we'll, we'll do a, a, a complete revenue share with us. Uh, and so I think that's, that's a really cool part to own effectively metaverse IP for some very large brands, uh, you know, and, and have a chance to monetize that. And while that might be a little bit tough in the, in the crypto winter right now today, uh, I think over a three to five year period or, or longer, that gives us plenty of time to, uh, to, uh, hit that strategy and to really monetize with these brands. And, and the last piece I would share with you about the metaverse group is we're not just about PFP projects and things like that and just dropping things with no utility. We're all about in our metaverse roadmaps that we build with these brands, we're really trying to engage with them to create uh, what I would say is a roadmap in, in driving community and utility to whatever they do. And I think there's some great utility projects out there that we could talk about where you've seen huge utility to the community. Uh, and, you know, those projects tend to, you know, keep their value uh, and, 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 and actually grow and, and build their communities. And so that's, that's the type of stuff we're trying to do today. That's very interesting. And, you know, I, I think one of the first questions I'm going to have for you is you listed off lots of metaverses. Um, 
But it, do you believe that they're, in, in, except for the one that is spending the most amount of money, which is which is Facebook, um, which I'm never going to call them the other name. They're just Facebook. They need to deal with it. Um, what do you believe that there is a sole winner? Um, meaning very similar to Ready Player One, that there will be a, this is the metaverse. Everything else is, is fine, but 90% of usage, just like, you know, Facebook, Facebook and Google and that, you know, in the web two world, there's these kind of clear winners. Um, you know, email is either you're on Office 365 or Gmail. Like, you know, there may be one or two, but do you think that there's going to be a clear winner or do you see something more similar to, to what we have now with the websites, which is, you know, millions, you know, hundreds of millions of, of, of metaverses that are out there with kind of interoperability. So, so I, I will give you, you know, we hear, I hear two different things and I'll give you our, our, obviously our view as the metaverse group and how, we, how we're looking at things. So, uh, you know, I've heard some people say to us and, and some very significant, sophisticated, uh, you know, tech slash crypto investors who think that every single company is going to have their own metaverse and it's going to kind of become like a metaverse webpage. Uh, and so we, we definitely have heard that. I'm not sure I agree with that. It's, it's not every company is going to have the capability to do it. Yes, there will be service providers that provide the service, uh, et cetera. But, but at the end of the day, I, I think it's going to be more like social media is, is where we've settled on as a business and, and as a strategy. And what I mean by that is, look, there's Twitter, there's, there's Facebook Meta, there's Twitch, there's TikTok, there's um, LinkedIn and, and, and Discord. And, you know, I, I've obviously forgot a ton, but, it, it, you know, there's probably 10 of them that really are matter and significant. They, they have different niches and different things. But, you know, I think you're going to see the metaverse in a similar way where there'll be 10 really significant metaverses that that dominate different areas and have different, you know, specialties or different focuses. And just like, you know, traditional traditional world today where you know um, ABC Co could put up something on Instagram there's they're potentially going to put up a post on Twitter as well about it it's going to look different it's for obvious reasons one might be pictorial or video on Instagram it might be you know obviously you're going to write a little note on on uh, Twitter and you might do something on LinkedIn at the same time you might even do something on TikTok and so I, I think yep. you're going to see multiple activations and multiple things like that. I am also a, a big believer, even though I do think technology, technologically wise, we're still a little ways away from it, is that there's going to be interoperability between those metaverses as well, uh, which is which is a key component to make this really work. Because frankly, the t-shirt that I'm wearing today, uh, or I'll pick on your t-shirt, Jay, is the Under Armour t-shirt that you're wearing today. I, I bet you you're going to want to wear that when you're in Decentraland, as well as when you're in Sandbox, as well as when you're in Somnium or, or whatever other metaverse. And so I think that's a key component is because just like clothes today is our identity in the real world, I think it's going to be our identity in the metaverse. And our avatars, we're going to want to wear that same pair of jeans and that same t-shirt in, in each of the metaverses. Um, so I think interoperability is a big key to this as well. I, I, I think it's huge and it was the leading question because today uh, Microsoft, Meta, and some others announced a open standards group. And, um, you know, there's two notable missing, um, people from there. One was, uh, Apple, the other was Roblox, but, you know, it, it 
<laughs> Apple doesn't have anything to announce yet, so they're not really going to join anything. And let's be clear: no matter what, uh, what, are, no matter what Microsoft agrees to, Apple can absolutely, you know, go ahead and Adobe flash them and say, "Nope, never mind. This is what we're doing." But, but I think that that's really a, a core thing to what you just said here, which is there has to be interoperability. There can maybe be three metaverses, like you know, there's four, I don't know, maybe a half dozen of the kind of big social media networks out there, and it's really interesting. I've never heard anyone, you know, kind of use that collaboration. So that's always why I like talking to the full-time professionals like yourself. So, you know, the, but the idea is like, I think of how long I've spent in some games, like building my character, you know, designing it out. I, I don't want to do that every time. I don't want to turn on a new game and, and bring all these things in. And so I think that, you know, a lot of people that don't understand that the, the metaverse side of it, it is, we'll just use ready player one. Cause it's one you're most familiar with. He, the, the guy comes in and he's going through other worlds, other games. And traditionally that would be, you know, entirely different, you know, video games or, or, or different, different, uh, versions of, of it could be entirely different, you know, Xbox versus PlayStation. Um, but he's just fluidly moving, even though it's kind of bridging in between, um, can make adjustments, can make changes, but those changes follow him as he goes through. And I think that's really what a lot of people want to see. And, and remember, um, this is not for our generation. I'm, I'm in my mid forties. Um, and, and this stuff is not being designed for me. This is being designed for our kids. I've got a, a 10 year old and a 15 year old. Uh, and, and they very closely are, are, are following these things. And that's what they think of. That's, you know, my, my 15 year old is interested in, in cars. Um, but I'd say he's also more interested in some of the NFTs and crypto stuff that, that's happening today. And, and that's where, you know, again, that kind of idea of, of ownership online uh, is a very bif- different deal than like, I'm going to put it in your account and you have theoretical access to it until I change my mind. Um, so it's a very cool way to look at things. Yeah. I mean, it actually, you touched on a really interesting point, you know, around the NFT ownership. It's, if I, if I look at my 15 year old daughter or, about to be 15 year old daughter it, it's similar type concept she was more interested in getting nfts from the fashion week that we held in decentraland uh than than you know collecting other stuff and so she just found it very cool i want to have it in my wallet I, it's it, you know it, it obviously it's a representation of who i am and we went through different nft wearable collections and she picked out what she wanted and etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah it, it's it's really it's really important it in that representation. And ideally she would be able to, as, as you pointed out, move it from different metaverse to metaverse and not have to worry about, Oh, well, I got to change. I got to do this. It's got to be seamless. It's got to be easy. So I'm going to pick on Decentraland for a minute. <laughs> I, I have sent my, my, my older son in a couple times. I've sent uh, him and his friends in a couple times. I, the last time I did it was last year. I gave him a couple ETH. Uh, I think ETH at that point was, you know, four or $5,000. So quite a hefty spending budget um, as a research because I've been in there a number of times. And I sent him in with, you know, it was probably about eight to $10,000 in, in USD um, and said, I want you to just go figure it out. I want you to spend the time. I want you to enjoy it. Like whatever it is, you know, buy whatever you feel you, you want to do. And that's great. Um, and he came upstairs, you know, about an hour later and he goes, I, I don't get it. I said, well, you go, to, you go back down there and you play that video game until you do. And, you know, three, four hours later, he came up and says, please don't ever make me do that again. Um, and, and so it's not that it's not engaging. It's not that it's not the right concept. It's just that there's, there's that element missing. What, what is in your mind is that element uh, of engagement that's missing for these kids? So, so I have a couple of comments to that. So it kind of goes back to where, where we were 
at the at the you know discussion of the, as these different social media applications. So so my view, or and I think you know I, I think it'd be fair. Decentraland, the DAO would wouldn't disagree with what I'm about to say. Is Decentraland is kind of the social metaverse. And so really what it is, it's community-based, event-based. And, you know, like you can see at, at, different, at different times, those events are very well um, trafficked, uh, relatively speaking, in this day and age of metaverses. Uh, and, and quite engaging because you have concerts going on or fashion shows or, you know, different events or other things that people are creating, gamified experiences, etc. And so it can be quite engaging for periods of time. On a regular day-to-day basis, going into Decentraline, and I go on there on a pretty regular basis, which I'm sure doesn't surprise you, it is, it's just not that engaging to anyone, frankly. Uh, and, and so it either needs more frequent events or it needs to evolve. I'm not sure what the right answer for Decentraland is. I think it's more frequent events, so it doesn't go away from what it's you know been known to be good for and what what it's uh, what it's gained notoriety for. But it certainly isn't fully engaging because it, it really isn't very fun unless you're at an event. So you know, going back to the crux of you, of your question, I think in Decentraland they just need more events and more fun events and and things like that. And you can, like I said, see stuff like that in other metaverses. You know what's going to engage, uh, you know, a ten-year-old or fifteen-year-old or thirteen-year-old. Like m- my son isn't going to hang out in Decentraland. He's he's going to be on a like I said, a Grand Theft Auto game or something like that, uh, which is more fun and more you know, more gamified experience. And and if you look at the different metaverses and you look at what Sandbox done, they're much more gamified. It is much more fun. They. They describe themselves as, I think, the Manhattan metaverse now, meaning it's always on, it's always fun, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think your son would enjoy that much more because it is much more gamified. Um, yeah, no, and I, 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 like I said, I, I, I warned everyone I was going to pick on Decentraland, but yeah, you know, I, I, did, I did the same thing with all of them, and, and quite simply, it was... It's all good. Yeah, so, so they're there. Um, I, so when you guys are building, and let's, let's, let's pull back to the metaverse group because I want to make sure that, you know, we talk about this because it's important. When you guys are looking at, you know, your clients and you're, you're using this for marketing, you're using it for exposure, you, you, you'd like to do, you know, some, some, something like a concert in there. How are you evaluating these opportunities as well as the different metaverses? Um, cause there's a lot of them and they're, you know, they're relatively siloed at this point still. Yeah. I mean, you know, from from the opportunity perspective, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we try and think about ourselves: who are the audiences in the different metaverses, and what what types of experiences would they like? Um, you know, a lot of times we're working, you know, with companies or brands that have specific timelines that they're trying to, um, you know, do things in the metaverse at the same time that they're doing things in the bricks and mortar world or the physical world, uh, and so it's hard to always time these things right, which creates some problems with, with using Sandbox because it's not always open to allow you know, people to see, uh, see these different events um, and create some issues with Somnium because it is, like I said, much more of a VR experience and has a much lower user base. And so really, frankly, today, there aren't a ton of options for these different companies if they want to you know, a Web 3.0, a decentralized metaverse, and typically most of our events, most of our stuff, <coughs> excuse me, is happening in, in Decentraland. Um, you know, we, we have definitely used and we'll use Spatial and some others for certain types of, like if a corporate entity is just wanting to do, you know, with 
certain clients or certain key employees, town hall. Spatial is a, is a great place. It's not a true decentralized metaverse, but it's a great place to hold a metaverse-like event. And so we do stuff like that as well. But predominantly, most of our, our stuff is happening in Decentraland. And then, and then, you know, with the types of how we prioritize the types of stuff we're doing, we really do believe that there are certain themes that that sit very well and create engagement inside a, a metaverse. And you know, fashion shows have done very well. Art has done very well. Music clearly does very well. Uh, sports, you know, we we have we ourselves as a company hasn't hasn't done anything in sports yet. But uh, you know, we we think there's a huge opportunity to do some sports stuff. It's it's uh, complex because of the rights around sports and who owns those broadcast rights and different things like that. But really, if I say we we're going to focus on on things, it's that really get people going. It's it's the fashion, it's the music, it's the wearables, it's the art. Those are the things that are really have had success and I think are engaging. And then obviously creating gamified experiences out of those as well, play to earn games in those, some of those, et cetera, really drives traffic. That's amazing. What, um, it, you're probably get more than I do, but I, I think I get pitched for a new metaverse project or a new meta, a new entire metaverse at least once a week, if not, if not more often of like, Hey, here's our thing. And it's to central land with like ducks or I don't know. Um, wh- what's, what's like three key components you think that, that all of these and, and regardless of which one they are today, like really need to have for that level of engagement. And I think you hit on one, which is it always has to be open. It can't close. Like that's, I think that's a given. So we'll take that out of your, your three here. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think it has to be, so a few things is, is one, obviously I was open, but it, no, really what it needs to be is one is, is two is fun. So, you know, and how do you create fun? Again, you can create fun in, in my view in community experiences like, like music events, but you also can create fun by having a game in it or games built into it that, that we all enjoy playing. Um, and it can be some basic stuff sometimes that's just easy for us to play that, that we like and entertains us and takes us away from our day to day, you know, whatever that we're thinking about. So I think, you know, when we look at it, we definitely are looking for things like that. A second piece that we're starting to get more and more pushback on. And it's one that we debate a little bit ourselves is the photorealism. So I think phone more photorealistic is is a key component, certainly for you know trying to engage more people to go into it. People find it too cartoonish, too animated, especially as you point out. You know, I actually slightly disagree with you, Jay. I, I think metaverses are for people our age, okay. uh, but but we need a more photorealistic, something more engaging for us. Uh, as opposed to a game that that you know your son or my son might be looking for, and so I think that combination where it's more photorealistic and therefore there are more experiences that will bring us to the table. You know whether it's some cool car, virtual car thing. I don't know if you're a car guy or not. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, so stuff like that. I, I think I think that needs to happen. So that's the second piece of it, and. and the third piece, and there's there's more and rambling through my brain, but the third piece that that I would say is the most important that prob- I probably should have said first is community, adaption, people. Because if there are people, it's like it's the fear of missing out. It's FOMO, right? Yep. If there are more people there and if they created that community wherever it is in Discord or somewhere else and they're able to drive that community to the metaverse or vice versa and engage that community and provide and provide utility to those individuals that makes it feel cool and fun. Then, then I think uh, at the end of the day, more and more people are going to show up. And so, you know, how do you drive 
traffic is is the is very key and we spend a lot of time talking to these metaverses how are you going to get traffic and you know in in a lot of cases they frankly don't know the answer uh and so you know that's that's an interesting uh something that we can come back to later i i think you know the the those are really the the key elements that that we look for in in trying to figure out the right metaverses or the metaverses that we see and we kind of look at it as as metaverse 2.0s those that we think have the best chance of succeeding as they emerge as they emerge forward no that's great and and again i didn't give you any prep you had to come up with that off the top of your head so you did you did fabulous and i think you really i agree with each and every one of those including the community one which is so important because i I see projects weekly if not daily beautifully beautifully designed very well thought out and they're just dead because they built it in a vacuum and they never once thought like who's going to use this in their heads they thought of someone but they never actually engaged a real community to say what's important to you how do we integrate you you know what your needs are into this and so um yeah a a 15 year old you can throw into you know anything that's fun and they'll take care of it you're right people our age you got to really like we're very picky you got to think about what we what we may want what we may need and what we're willing to you know learn um you know versus versus something else like i i i see video games nowadays and my my uh you know my two boys are constantly like dad will will you play call of duty with me i'm like I'll play the original one where there's like shoot, crouch, and like throw a grenade. Like you get like four buttons out of me and that's it. Like this whole, like I, they were trying to play football the other day and it's like, I, I no, I, I, I hate to feel this way, but like I just kind of want to go back to the old Nintendo, like two buttons and a thing. It has to be really lightweight and really easy. Who do you, who do you see kind of, you know, that that's not overcomplicating this, and I know everyone's kind of undercomplicating things right now. But but do you think it it needs to be something like Eve Online that's like a you know a thirty day ramp up process to be able to use it, um, or is it something that anyone can come in and in a couple hours be be a near expert at? So so before I answer that question, I just wanted to come back to to two of your points. Is so one you know. As, as a guy that banked tech for, for many years, as an investment banker, you know, your comment about, you know, the customer and what the customer wants is really, is really key because I remember my day as a banker and, I, and, you know, I do a lot of series A's, you know, seed in investing is when I look at this type of stuff, there, there are a ton of really brilliant technologists that sit in a room and they create great technology. And then they come out and they go, I got my product. I, I have my, my MVP. But no one wants to use it, and they can't figure out why does no one want to use it. Did you ever talk to the customer? Did you ever ask the individual what they're looking for? And I think the same thing applies to metaverses. Do you ever stop and think about and try and figure out what people are really looking for and what will make this compelling? Um, and then the second piece I want to come back to with respect to our age group, because I'm older than you, but I won't I won't share how old, but in the same age bracket. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm a gold guy. So there you go. But uh, at, at the end of the day, um, what I would say to you is what I w- watched in the internet in the early days, is people were so skeptical. And, and you know, I, like I said, I've always loved tech and I've always played with tech. So I was on the internet early on playing with it and looking and watching. And I thought it was really cool, which is why I always wanted to be a tech banker. But, but, at, the, but at the end of the day is people were so... Uh, I'm never going to do anything. Why would I do anything on the internet? I can walk into a store. I can read a you know paper magazine or paper newspaper, all this type of stuff. And as that stuff came, it pulled all of us, whether you were 
10 years of age or 60 years of age, maybe 60 is an overstatement, but certainly, you know, the 50s, because that's where you got content. That's where you got information. That's where you banked. That's where you did all this different stuff. Uh, And so I think part of it is getting those, you know, more or better photorealistic uh, experiences that will bring the bigger companies and brands and information and doing cool and different stuff that exists in the physical world today will bring you and I to go and go to the metaverse and do different things there because it will be unique and be engaging and it will find things that we want to do or want to learn or whatever, right? Like travel is a great example of something like that that could be very compelling and very cool. You know, my wife and I are going on a trip this summer. Uh, and, you know, one of the things I keep saying, you know, we should have a metaverse where, because she keeps saying, oh, is it a far walk from the beach to the hotel and this type of stuff? And I'm like, you know, it would be great if there was a metaverse where you could, Avatar could actually walk and say, oh, it's a one mile away or, or whatever it is. And so tons of great use cases that I would think would bring people our age. Um, and now, because I've talked too much, I forgot where your last question no, was. No, no, so. there's there's nothing else that's important. What you hit on was really good, so I'm gonna I'm gonna forget all my nonsense and go over to yours. So, so on that, you know, kind of idea um, around like real world metaverses, like an overlaid, um, you know, and you'll you'll see what I mean when you when you watch Free Guy. You know, the idea that that there's augmented reality, which is which is something that truly you know has not been done in any meaningful capacity yet. We saw Google Glass uh, a couple of years ago. They had the the glasses that were heavy and, and stuttered and, and barely worked. Um, I think we're going to see that again here shortly uh, in, in a better form. But you know, one one of the things that I hear constantly, uh, and and from a, v- a few really in in depth people, including um, Alvin from HTC, uh, Web One, they they said was defined by people spending four to five hours a day in front of a cons- in front of a computer consuming data, something that had never been done before. Prior to that, whether it was a typewriter or computer, you were you were creating something. You were typing an email, typing, typing, doing something, not even an email. You were just, you were just whatever. And then you could spend four to five hours a day in front of a computer. Web two was, was the phones, um, four to five hours a day in front of a mobile device, not talking on it, but actually interacting with it and using it. And we've seen there. Um, and again, this is HTC that, that they believe, you know, four to five hours plus a day in a virtual reality or augmented reality environment. Um, and you know, you can say prior to web one, people would have told you there's absolutely no way I don't, I, I, I have the real world. You're entirely correct on that thesis. And prior to the iPhone, you know, I, I remember when the iPhone, when, when Jobs came out and said, here's like the iPhone, I go, ugh, it's a touchscreen. It's so sad. I wish they had done some buttons. Like you just, you don't know until, the, until these visionaries come out. And I think that that's the same thing. You know, when I look at, when I look at the Oculus, it's heavy. Like to me, this is a, a better version because you don't, there's no cables, there's no cords, but it's heavy. It's slow. The resolution sucks. Um, you know, it's, it's very limited in what can it do. Um, but, but the idea that there's something coming that, that is either in going to bridge the real world or create a whole new world. Um, I don't think there's a difference between those two. I think it's it's that VR AR environment. What, what do you you know? I'm going to ask you that that same kind of question again around this this thing. What do you think it needs to be like? You know, do you think that uh, it needs to be an engagement that you go into it, or do you think it can just be an overlay of your world that you look at today? So, so I think it's it, it's both. Um, and so, you know, I've always thought that you know. In the future, whenever that is, to your point, the next version of the AR glasses, uh, whoever comes first, you know, 
we'll be sitting here just like we're doing this and kind of referred to this earlier where, you know, we'll be sitting here and, and we, we would be wearing our glasses and we'd be sitting beside each other and everyone be sitting, see, seeing us sitting on a couch with, you know, a whale floating behind us uh, or whatever was cool in the background. Right. So, so, you know, th- that's, that's the type of future where I see us. We'll spend four to five hours and maybe it's more to your point in the, in a more of a work environment, social environment, where during the day, you know, we'll do that. Uh, at night, you know, or during the day, we might, you know, we might go out for lunch with our with our friends or peers or whatever it may be. You're going to continue to wear those AR glasses, and that's where you're going to get information about phone calls, emails, all that type of stuff. And, and it's just going to become intertwined in with your day-to-day life. And then I think what, what happens at night, and, and, and I'm choosing night and day, and I, you know, it could be sporadically through the day, it could be sporadically, you know, throughout times, is when you want that more deeper immersive event, whether that's, you know, a movie that you're watching and you get to participate in that movie, whether it's, uh, you know, a game that you're playing, which could be similar to a movie, those types of things, that's where you're going to go for your VR experience. So I think, I think it's both. I think, you know, the AR is more for your day-to-day interaction and really kind of replaces the phone. Uh, and I think the VR is where we go for our more deeper immersive experiences. I love that. I think that's fabulous. The only other question I had on my list I wanted to ask you was what's, what's kind of an average or, or cost for a company that says we'd like to try something in the metaverse? Yeah, yeah. so um, I think there's, there's probably, which we didn't talk a lot about, it's kind of some of the stuff that we've done in, in the metaverse and with different companies. Uh, and it probably makes, you know, makes sense to talk a little bit about that. So for those that aren't aware, you know, we did, uh, the first fashion week in Decentraland, which happened in March. It feels like it was years ago, but really only a couple months ago. Uh, and, and it was, it was a fantastic success. Over 70 different brands participated. Etro, Ellie Saab, Tommy Hilfiger, Forever 21. Uh, and I'm forgetting obviously 65 others, but just to give people a feel for Dolce Gabbana, uh, feel for some of those. Uh, and that was held on 165 parcels of our land. Uh, it was also held in other parts of Decentraland. Uh, but it was it was a huge success, 108,000 uh, registered users, uh, over 7 billion or 8 billion media impressions. I can't remember the exact number. Wow. So huge yeah. me- media impressions. And it got really a great PR push. Uh, you know, it wasn't hugely successful, I'd say, from huge sales of, of NFTs, but there were definitely NFTs and wearables sold uh, and concerts held. And this is the type of stuff that, that we're, we're doing every day in the metaverse. And every day is probably an overstatement. We ain't that big yet. Someday, hopefully soon. But, but we're doing on a frequent basis. Uh, and that was a great example of a purely virtual experience, really well-received um, you know, and we're going to hold that again this year. We're we're going to start to plan for it in September. So, for any of those brands or companies that want to participate, you know, please email me, call me. Uh, I'd love to chat with you. But but on the other side of it is, you know, we just recently, as an example, we just recently held uh, Miami Fashion Week in Decentraland as well. Uh, and so that was a, a physical and virtual fashion show. So Miami, it was the same time at the actual Miami Fashion Week was happening. With Mayor Suarez and Antonio Banderas and some really cool people. And we, we, we built out a virtual runway in Decentraland. We held DressX, which is a, which is a wearable uh, company uh, that spent, uh, spent a couple days doing runway shows with us. And we actually videoed, uh, did a live stream video of, 
of uh, a sustainability talk uh, that was being done on the Sunday in the closing day of Miami Fashion Week inside of Decentraland. So again, another example of the types of events and type of things we do. You know, we also do cool, fun stuff. So we have something called Mediots, uh, which is the first uh, marina in Decentraland. We own eight different Mediots. Uh, and, uh, you know, our hope is, going back to interoperability, at some point, whoever buys those boats or is selling those actual yachts will be able to take those and drop those in the different metaverses. And so one could be a casino, one could be a brand, one could be whatever. And it's a chance for you to move your brand, company, or whatever you want around in these different metaverses. Uh, and so we think it's pretty cool and pretty fun and pretty playful and, and a, a really great concept. We need some other help around technology to help us, but uh, it's, it's been it's been fun. And so we create fun stuff like that in, in just you know three examples of things we've done recently. Uh, and then, you know, getting to your question, you know, you can get in for really cheap. So today you could probably build a pretty basic experience for 10K, uh, you know, US. Uh, you want to do something a little more done up and nice, uh, you know, 25, 35, 50K is kind of depending on what you're looking for. So the average ticket size with most brands that we're working with these days is between 25 and 50K. Uh, and that gets them a pretty cool experience. Uh, and again, you know, if you want to add on NFTs and monetization and other things, then it then obviously gets, it gets much more expensive. Warren, that's the cheapest I've heard of anyone to get a metaverse experience. <clears throat> and I've interviewed quite a bit of, of groups that are doing this type of stuff. So I, I love hearing that you're, you're trying to build this for the masses, um, in a variety of ways. How are, and, and the last question on this, have you had any charities yet show up? I know we've heard businesses, but you know, I, I feel like the foundations and the charities, like this is one of the best ways they could possibly expose themselves. Have you had any of that yet? That, that's an interesting question, and I'm only pausing because I believe I've had a conversation recently. I don't know where that went, so you've reminded me about it. Uh, but uh, we had we've had that conversation. I'm pretty positive, but no, no one's nothing we've done live. We've had some conversations with polit- with politicians as well about doing some fundraising in the metaverse. Again, nothing that's went live. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's interesting, uh, and and there's there's. I think pretty cool stuff that you could do with foundations and other things. And there are a lot of sponsors that I think would show up with it. We were, we were working on something with, with a foundation, a social foundation that uh, is kind of went on the sidelines for the moment, but there were uh, really some big, interesting brands and companies that wanted to sponsor that because they thought it was very cool and a way to get at a, a lot of people about this particular topic. Love it. Love it. Um, so as we move into the final section, alpha drop, um, I warned you earlier, uh, anything cool that you're seeing and you see a lot of cool stuff. It can be related to anything you guys have built. It can be, um, just anything you've seen in and around web three, cryptocurrency, uh, metaverse, NFTs. What, what, what's kind of caught your attention recently that that's been pretty cool. Yeah. You, you know, the stuff that, that really catches me, you know, that I think is cool in, in, NFT metaverse world is the way I'll put it is goes back to something I was talking about earlier is, you know, creating community and creating something that is fun for everyone. So what I mean by that uh, is, you know, and I'll pick a board eight yacht club is old, but I, I really think what they did was, was frankly amazing. And, and my view is they've created a brand. Some might disagree with me in a very backwards way. Uh, in, in the sense they started off with community. I don't think they expected to do what they did. Maybe they did. And, 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 but they, they certainly, you know, seeded it very well. They brought in the influencers. Uh, 
Uh, and, and we got to a point where, you know, they're driving, you know, I know I unfortunately didn't make it to uh, NYC NFT or N- NFT NYC this week, but like, I know there was huge activations and community stuff. And so they're very good at driving community and bringing people together. And they're now about to take it to the next step, which goes back to uh, their metaverse and bringing it more to the masses with the other side metaverse that I had forgotten the name of earlier today. Uh, and so I, I think that concept and they're selling merch and everything where they've created a brand and something that some people trust. Yes. You know, it's not perfect and nothing is perfect in, in, you know, this day and age, but it, they've done a really amazing job. And I really love that project for what it's done. And you can see others, corporations, companies that are trying to create similar type projects and similar type utility making, you know, making it worthwhile, uh, you know, like the forever 21 twinning uh, that they did with their beanies. Again, it wasn't true utility that people are getting out of that, but they were able to buy their beanies. They thought it was really cool. It was really cheap in Roblox. And now they're creating those in the store. Uh, and so you can twin your, your NFT with a true, you know, black beanie from forever 21. And so I think fun stuff like that, where there's a physical and digital aspect is where it's going and where it needs to go. Uh, I think everyone needs to have fun with this stuff. So, you know, I don't know. I'm sorry, sitting, sorry Siri's interrupting me on my phone. Um, <laughs> Listen, in the metaverse, it's going to be nonstop with these with these AI devices and everything else. Listening to everything we say. That's why I, I, I listen. I don't. I don't want to say take anything away from Zuckerberg and 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 Facebook putting as much money and time into the metaverse as they do. I just want to say that I trust them zero with with me entering and spending any amount of time with I, this device. Even being in my room is 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 troublesome. I get that. Yeah. It's so, uh, you know, I think uh, I lost my, my trend of thought again, but uh, I think you get the concept of where I was going. You know, one particular project that, that I think is highly cool. I just, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I, I think those concepts in the twinning, and, oh yeah, that's where I was going was my physical house. If I stuck my physical house that I'm sitting in today and I put that in the metaverse, it's quite boring, not interesting, not fun. You got to do fun, cool stuff with it is, is my view. I love it. I love it. So, you know, community yet again, uh, showing up in web three and, and I've, I've heard the comments, you know, we, that's what we do is we, we run why Wells, the, the community and, and a number of other things. Um, but you know, that, that's our focus. And I think that, you know, again, metaverse is going to be the same thing. And you've been in investing tech investing for a couple decades at this point and, and quite simply knowing your audience, uh, is generally the best way to build a product. Uh, you know, there's, there's a few that can, that can, that can skirt that, that rule, but, uh, it's few and far between. So, uh, Warren, where, where's the best way uh, for people that, that would like to interact with you or Metaverse Group uh, websites, uh, LinkedIn? Where, where's where are you hanging out? Uh, so LinkedIn LinkedIn is great. Uh, you can also find us on our website w.metaversegroup.com. So quite simple and easy. Uh, and yeah, love to hear from from anyone. There's an info button on on uh, on the website or or just reach out to me via LinkedIn. Awesome, love to talk. Love it. Love it. Warren, Metaverse Group, uh, YWales. Uh, again, another YWale member, YPO member. We're thrilled to, to showcase, again, just how much energy uh, is being moved into the space. And again, the, the business professionals um, are just now entering. You know, Warren, a, a year ago wasn't, was just thinking about this and now, again, already becoming the expert and, and more so because it's changing every single day. And if you're not active today, it doesn't matter what you did six months ago. It's all outdated. So there's no, there's no, uh, there's no use for, for history in an asset class that's moving this fast, as you very well know. So thank you guys. Uh, and we'll see you next time. 
Why Whales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbach, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner, with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. Why Whales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com. YWhales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.